From the CSP studios in Hasbrook Heights, New Jersey, this is the Passball Show, brought to you by JohnPielli.com, coming at you live July the 12th, 2012, another special edition of the show. Today, I'm blessed with, you know, an opportunity I've been looking for for a while, and I will be joined in studio today by the band Boy Meets Machine, and they're actually going to be performing some acoustic in studio today. And, you know, these guys, honestly, they're, they're, they're the best, dude. They performed live yesterday at Jenkinson's in front of a ton of people and through a banging show, which, you know, for some reason I wasn't able to see. But <clears throat> it, was, it was still great, and these guys are up and coming when it comes to the, you know, talented musical acts, especially in this area, and they're going to become nationwide soon. So part of the show is definitely going to be kind of devoted to them a little bit. You know, we're going to get a chance to talk a little bit about, you know, how – They've pretty much became what they've become, and obviously we can't have a pass ball show without talking about baseball. We're going to bring up a lot of stuff. You know, I, I want to hit up a couple things about the Mets, which I'll get to in a little bit. Um, the All Star Game last Tuesday, you know, kind of a boring contest, but we're going to go into some of the best All Star games that have happened, and you know, definitely just going to let you guys know what's going on in baseball. I think the biggest and most important thing that's going to happen with the show today is that. Michael Mentz from this band is going to call in, and we are finally going to hear the Pulsifer story. And I think that's going to be something that, you know, I've wanted to friggin' hear for, you know, months. I've heard the story off air, but I want it to be told on the show, on the Passball Show, brought to you by JohnPielli.com. Yeah! And there they are, man. Welcome aboard Boy Meets Machine. Howdy. Thank you, Tyler. Hey. So this is uh, Christian Calabelli, Joe Navarre. And Joel Monet, yes, sir. Hi, hi, saw right. Yes, awesome. You guys are on, man. So Good to welcome to the show. I'm glad to have you guys on. And I got to be honest, really, from the a couple shows that I did, really with Christian, and another show that I did with somebody else, I've seldomly done the past ball show with other people in the studio. It's usually just me on the mic, you know, maybe taking a call in here and there. So now this is a different experience for me, and you guys are part of it. That's very. It's good to be here, man. We're gonna give it 110. Oh, percent Absolutely, dude. You guys are gonna be way better than I ever will be. <laughs> I, I, I suck. <laughs> I feel privileged to be in your presence. So, so listen, we're basking dude. in it. Yeah, you guys. You guys obviously tore up Point Pleasant last night, and it was killer. It, it was probably a banging ass show. One of you the know, most fun that we had. Yeah, I don't want to get into you know why I was was there and wasn't there because that's a whole other story. It's all right, man. You left your card. <laughs> <laughs> I left my I left my business card. Last yeah. message was the most of John Pielli <laughs> and Point Pleasant Beach. <laughs> so you know, hopefully a couple people are gonna be like, yeah, JohnPielli.com, uh, MTR Radio. Yeah, let me go check this guy. That out. guy obviously Very likes nice. good music. <laughs> yeah, hey, <laughs> he's got a good taste in music too, so I think he's gonna be all right. So listen, I, I I wanted to ask you guys because I like honestly I look at, I look at what what I'm doing and what you guys are doing and honestly I think what you guys are doing is better because you guys <laughs> you guys have obviously a lot more talent you know you guys are using raw talent more than I am I'm just talking on a microphone yes some of the technical stuff that I'm throwing together takes some sort of ability but you guys obviously have a lot of put a lot of time and hard work into what you do there's still a lot of passion in there though man you no know absolutely yeah, it's, it's just tons yeah, of passion. Yeah, I do think I, I think it's more of like a different a different thing, but in the same, it's it's entertainment. 
I mean, right. it, it's it's an industry, and, and like I said, I don't put myself at your guys' level at all because I think you guys you guys need to do a lot more work and more you know more prep and practice and stuff than for what I do. Right. I mean, you'll see me you know just getting caught in traffic just now and just throwing a microphone on and just talking. Obviously, I didn't have to freaking do anything to you know practice for it. Right. So, what is you know what is it like as far as your guys you know you guys chasing your dream like I am mine? What do you what are you guys actually looking to do? You know, with this, so you guys looking to just basically be be known, you know, throughout the nation and the world. Play music. You guys I just, just want to play music. Yeah, and I, and I figure it comes to that because you guys are enjoying what you're doing. Hell yeah! And that's like the most important thing because I can relate to that because what I'm doing right now is absolutely what I love to do, and it, you know, there's nothing more that I'd rather be doing than having this headset on and this microphone and just going at it. You know, and it, you know, I think you guys could kind of relate to that. Oh yeah, definitely nice. can. Yeah. All right, so let's yes. let's let's get into some baseball because obviously that's why the show's on. You know, yeah. Joe, we know you're you're a Mets fan. Christian, obviously, we know you're a Yankees fan. Right. Let's start out with you, man, and let's get into what you think. You know, the Yankees are at right now because I think they're playing a lot better than they were the last time I had you on. Definitely. They've really gotten in a run. I think Robinson Cano, in particular, yeah. has has kind of become you know what what he we all knew he could be. He's finally what you, hitting. What do you think about the Yankees in the second half? Do you think they'll be able to just coast into the playoffs? Um. You know what? I don't know if they're going to coast, but I, I think – I still don't think they've reached their potential, to be honest with you. I, I don't think every one of you know the big power guys have been hot at the same time, and you know that's going to happen yeah. at least once. Yeah, and I year. think really what they've, they've been carried by is pretty much Granderson and Cano. Right. And really the other the rest of the lineup has been kind of on and off. A-Rod's know? become a single sitter. Yeah, apparently. you know, A-Rod is not really helping. You know, Jeter got off to a good start. He's not really at where, he, where he's – you know, he was. He's you know, had a better month. Yeah, for the most of yeah. the end of last year and the beginning of this year, he's not really where he was then. You know, Teixeira has been kind of hot and cold. Streaky. You know, and, and this team obviously is scary. And you know, I, I had a chance to go to the uh, Sunday night game at City Field. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know, the, the Mets Yankees game. And really, the thing that scares me about the Yankee lineup from an opponent's perspective is that there's not a spot in the lineup where they are that th- where, where's an easy out. No. I mean, even if you bring the pitcher up. You know, yeah, fine. That that'll happen. Whatever, six times a year. But you know, other than that, there's not a spot in the lineup that's an easy out. You get down to the lineup, and there's guys so. like you know, you, you get the Teixeira, you get the Swisher, you get the whoever's playing left field, whether it's Andrew Jones. Andrew or, Jones is a tough out. And Let me tell there's you no easy outs in that no. lineup. And yeah. and honestly, from a Yankee fan perspective, I'm sure that's something that you take some solace in. I always do. I mean, you know, I I heard um, an interview with Andrew Jones after the game, and they were asking if. You know, he felt bad if the Yank, uh, you know, the Yankees are always classified as this home run hitting team to get out of things. It's like, no, I don't feel bad because we hit the home runs. Yeah, I mean that's the thing, <laughs> so, dude. Like, like, why would anybody complain about you know a team that hits a bunch of three run homers? Uh, I mean, it's yeah. better than you know singling you to death. You I know, mean, you know, and, and we'll segue into a little bit a little bit of Mets talk here. You know, that's really what the Mets have specialized in. They've they have some strengths. They've obviously overperformed in the first half of the season. You know, now, where do they go from here? Unfortunately, the injury to Dylan G, you know, is going to mess some things up. You know, I was writing in my blog today. If you check it out, johnpiele.com, bases empty blog. I hit up uh, a little bit about, you know, whether the Mets should go to uh, prize prospect Matt Harvey, who's pitching down in AAA right now. And, you know, the Mets don't seem to want to do it right now. But I think this will be like the perfect situation to bring him in. I think, you know, if you're, if you're thinking of like the, the best of, you know, the whole world here, you know, you don't want to bring him in for a start or two and send him down to the minors. 
and you don't want to bring him up when you don't really think he could handle it. He is he he's got a 3.37 ERA down in AAA now, which is as good as anybody. He's making a start. He's, he's the ace of the staff, and with Dylan G potentially being out for the season, he is not gonna he, he's not gonna be sent to the minors. He's gonna be up here and he's gonna get a chance to pitch throughout the season. And if it at least gets you into September, then he's a cog in a rotation. So I don't see any reason why they shouldn't bring him up. Yeah, you can, you can find out what he what he has too. I mean, it's, yeah, exactly. You know, uh, plus he, he'll have some pressure on him because they're trying to make the playoffs. And yeah, and 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 honestly, like you look at the Mets rotation the way it stacks out now with you know with Santana and Dickey and Nice, he's not going to go there expecting to be the savior. They're not going and be like, all right, you know, our season's going to hang on this guy. He's going in there to be a fifth starter. The guy has the potential to be an ace. He's going to be a guy that's going to be a number one over the next four or five, you know, hopefully ten years. But right now, you know, you're just bringing him in there to be the fifth starter. Every team's fifth starter sucks. It's not like, you know, it's not like we're talking about, you know, a guy that's going to go in there and a team's going to expect to win every game that he goes out there. Even the Yankees, you know, are going to go to their fifth starter and not really expect to win those games. You're telling yeah. me Freddie Garcia sucks? I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm listen, Freddie Freddy, Freddy Gar- <laughs> Freddy Garcia. He's awful. <laughs> shouldn't be in a rotation, but that's, you know, he, he's there, he's there because he, he has actually to be, right? okay. I, I can't believe that he's making it through games. I yeah. really can't. Well, he, he's a guy that, you know, and you look at guys and you compare him to, you know, maybe not so much a Jamie Moyer, but, you know, guys that hit that stage of their career where they just perfect the art of pitching. And he's not, listen, he's no in nowhere near, you know, a cog. He can't be counted on in big spots. But I think he knows how to get himself through a game, and that's, I think, you know, what you need out of your fifth starter, especially if it's a veteran. He does. If it's a young pitcher that's Wiley. going in there, you're saying, all right, air, air it out. You know, if Matt Harvey's in the rotation for the Mets, just give it everything you got. If you get a couple, you know, if you get a couple good starts, good. If you, you know, if you stink a little bit, we know you're going to get better. A veteran just has to know how to go in there and be able to get outs. Definitely. When Freddie Garcia's pitching, you expect, you know, two guys on base every inning. The question is, are they going to get the big hit to, you know, get the runners in, or is he going to weasel his way out of it? And that's pretty, pretty, that's pretty, pretty much good. what he's done so far. Yeah. And I got to say, even last year when him and Cologne were on that run, they were that's pretty much what they were doing. They I were mean, incredible. you know, Bartolo Cologne, yeah, he was throwing, you know, 95 miles an hour, but he was, there was base runners on every inning. Absolutely. And then, you know, it was a situation where there's a couple guys on, he gets a big pop-up, and, you know, you look at a box score, right? You know, five and a third innings, one run, hey, kept the team in the game. And that's really all you need out of a veteran pitcher like that. I agree. I, I got. I got to say too, with the um, uh, going back to Harvin. Like, if you, if, if the, if the John, I'm going to ask you a question now. Shoot. If the Mets don't bring him up, uh, where could you see them going to get somebody else? Well, here's the thing. I mean, you know, and, and this was a part of the show that I actually wanted to get into. We we're going to talk about, you know, where the team's needs are and stuff like that. But you know, before we get into that, you know, you got to, you got to look at really where Sandy Alderson, the general manager, is, is coming from here. He's for the first time really since he's been a GM, he's going to have a little money to play with. He's he's said before that he's going to take on some some salary in a contract. If it's the last year of a contract, he'll pay it. You know, as opposed to giving up top prospects, which you know is kind of what you want when deep down you're kind of rebuilding. So that part of it is you know it, as a Met fan, you got to be excited to hear that because you know you want to bring in some more talent. You want your team to have a better chance than it has right now. But the question is, I I, I really don't see him going in there and just making like five trades. You know, it's going to be a thing where he's going to make a move or two. And the question is going to be, what, what is it going to be? Is he going to get another catcher in here to challenge Josh Tolley and hopefully DFA Mike Nickius? You know, hopefully. Is he going to get, you know, a relief pitcher or two to help the bullpen, which has been absolutely atrocious? Yeah, you hope he does. But, you know, things like, you know, adding a starting pitcher, which is a need that they didn't have before, and adding, a, you know, a power bat to the lineup, 
may kind of take a backstage to what they're really looking to do. I could see them adding a, a relief pitcher or two, but I can't, you know, and really outside of a catcher, I honestly don't see them really doing too much. Yeah, I, I think if they if they bring up Harvin, they they, they that frees them up to not uh, not go after a, a starting pitcher. They yeah, can, and they I, can actually, do I honestly don't else. think it's it's even on their mind right now. I would yeah. guarantee they're bringing him up. I don't see them. I mean, I don't, I don't see how you don't. I mean, the guy is absolutely ready at this stage. You know, you hear a couple of the guys that cover you know cover the Mets for certain papers and stuff have said. Well, you know what? They want him to come up and dominate. You know, they don't think he could do that now. Well, who you know, who, who else? Who else is going to be able to do what he can right now? And that's the problem. I actually, you know, while I was writing my blog today, I came up with what the other options are for for the for the guys and you know to replace them. Do you want forty-one-year-old Miguel Batista to go out there and make 10, 12 more starts this year? Absolutely not. I mean, a guy is a back of the bull, uh, you know, front of, <laughs> front of the bullpen pitcher right now. He's not really friggin' worth very much. He's a guy that you're going to throw in there when you're down seven nothing or up ten nothing, and you're going to make him make a start every fifth day when you're fighting for a pennant race. I think I think it's, it's not a, happening. It's dude. waving a white yeah. flag if you do that. And the other options, I mean, they got guys down in the minors. You know, Garrett Olson's got a five oh eight ERA. Uh, you know, Unoris Familia's got a four ninety eight ERA. Are, are either of those guys ready for the major leagues? Absolutely not. They can't even get hitters out in AAA. Let me, let me tell you something too. Mets fans, if they ever went that, that route. They're not gonna. They're not gonna lay off, man. They're gonna no. think they're mailing it in, and they're and, gonna flip and, and, out. And that's the one thing that they absolutely cannot do right now. No. I mean, they have they have overachieved to a point where they have won over part of the fan base. There's still some. You know, the diehards are always gonna be there. You know, the John Pielis of the world are always gonna be at City Field. You know, regardless of whether the team wins or loses. And you know, the ones that are just anti, you know, Wilpons, they're anti, you know, whatever's going on with the Mets. They want to see the team in the World Series before they're coming back aren't going to be back until they're in the World Series. But you're talking about the middle road of fans that are kind of sway back and forth. You know, you get them to show up to games when they're winning more often. And those, those fans are just going to stay home if they show no interest in wanting to upgrade the team in any facet. Yeah, I, I, I have to say, um, you know, being a Mets fan, when, when the season started, I was really hoping the team was going to turn out like this, be really gritty and just fighting for everything. And, uh, it, you know, it's been really, like, uh, like a pleasant surprise that they're they're doing it because um uh I mean like for the last couple of years they've just been so so bad that like I mean even when they're they're doing well you don't want to root for them you're just like oh god you know like no, it just, because you it's know. just the cock tease. yeah exactly you, you you know like the next game they're gonna just tank it or something you know but uh, at least at least now they're like they're they're like you know they got some some grit to them and they're like really you know unbox WD TV. Sorry about that. I just wanted okay. to pop in that little like sound bite for two Ooh. seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that was... Totally meant to do that. Yeah, absolutely. That, yeah, that part, that portion of the program is brought to you by JohnPLE.com. And viewers like you. <laughs> and viewers like you. Yeah. And notice, you know, the the initials for Pass Ball Show is PBS. Whoa! So that fits in perfect. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> perfect segue. You did totally meant to do that. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Oh. Did, absolutely oh. didn't meant to do that. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. Speaking I, of Mintz. Uh, I suck. But, yeah, actually, Mike, Michael Mintz is going to be part of the program today for all you listeners that are we're, – we're just hoping to hear his voice. And I'm sure there's a lot of you out there that can't wait to hear Mike Mintz's voice. You're going to love it. We he, hear it way too often. And, and, <laughs> and, and, and he's going to be part of the show, hopefully in a part of the second hour, about 610. We're going to get him to call in, and we're going to go over the – Pulse of your story, which is something that honestly I can't wait to get on the air. I it's think very it's dear very to our hearts. Yes, 
Hope Absolutely. Now, just go, going back to yeah. going back to what we were talking about with the Mets, and I'm not going to make us all about the Mets. And you know, actually, one thing that kind of bothers me is that there's some people that do listen to the show, and you know, listen to it if you want. But you know, don't don't you know, set me up as just being the you know the Mets guy, because honestly, I know more baseball in my friggin' left pinky than any <laughs> fan of any other team, and I'm not I'm not ashamed <laughs> to friggin' admit it. Wow. So, so whatever, whatever fan you are, you're gonna get coverage because I know your team as well as you do. See, John, that, that comes with hard work. You're, you're like, like where you're talking about us practicing and stuff. You're doing the same well, thing. Exactly. You're, you're just doing passion, a different man. version of it. You know? Yeah, that's me on you know baseballreference.com. So, exactly. <laughs> we're, we're music nerds. You're yeah. a baseball nerd. Yeah, and it you know, works out. And I, actually, that's that's the one main similarity. I think it's it's hard work. Whether it's you know whether you guys are practicing in a band you know every day or you know I'm practicing you know sharpening up my baseball knowledge for my next show. It's you know it, it's just a continuous thing. You can't ever get enough practice. And when I'm you know I'm reading books and doing you know doing this or that, I'm finding I'm finding stuff out about baseball that I never even knew before. And it's you know it's cool. Like you know like I, w- I would be in a situation where I'm talking about something, and all of a sudden I would throw in a fact that I just learned maybe like a week or two ago, and it's just because it's in my head and I like stored it. It's just it's just more ammo for you know what I'm doing. Once I make that comparison to something that you know I wouldn't have been able to before. It's pretty insane, man. It is. Nice. Compiling Long a nice point. skill set. <laughs> yeah. Accomplishments. Yes. Oh, hey. Yeah. Sorry. This is going to be a recurring <laughs> theme sorry. on the John Pielli show <laughs> from now on. Oh, yeah, you got fit. I just. <laughs> I just... Pielli.com. <laughs> so did you, you, you guys, you guys, uh, you guys are going to do some acoustic, right? Oh, why not, man? It's going to uh, be sick. Gonna, we plan on that in a little bit, or how do you want to handle that? You can do it whenever you feel like it, right, man. man. Well, yeah. you know what I'll do is I'll, I'll break probably sometime after, like, the next 10 minutes or so, and you guys will set it up. It's going to be beautiful. But that's actually another, you know, quirk of listening to the Passball Show today. You're going to hear a live performance by Boy Meets Machine. Very live. And it's going to be as live as possible. And <laughs> It, I, it's 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 a first. I don't think anybody else on any of the other shows around here have had you know anybody perform in the studio. So I think you know if you're you know if you if you if you, you like your music or you like your past ball, you're gonna friggin' you, you're gonna love it. It's dot com, boymeetsmachine dot com. And one one thing that I do things. have to throw in there because you know I mentioned it when Christian's been on, but you know Boy Meets Machine actually wrote and performed the theme song for the John Pielli Pass Ball Show. And I, I do want to get some perspective from you guys on that. Number one, huh. why did you do it? I, because I told you that I would, yeah, yeah. first of <laughs> all. Joel, Joel, Joel's, Joel's a man of his word. <laughs> well, it took me longer than I should have, but when I finally sat down to do it, it took me about 20 minutes to yeah. write the whole freaking thing. But it's uh, no, honestly, you know, We it, play it, it at it, shows, man, yeah, pretty it often. Out, it came out freaking awesome. Let me, let me tell you, it, 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 it's actually it, it kind of sucks that it, that's only a snippet of the song because I had that song in my head for like – Three weeks. I was like, you gotta, I'll can, tell you what, you man. Extend it or something? When I was writing it, I was I was like so close to having it finished, and Christian comes just barreling down the stairs, like, "Oh my God, what is that? We have to do something with that." I was like, "I, I did. It's John Pielli's theme song." <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like he was so, he was like pretty was disappointed. Very raw. It was yeah, pretty it's cool, awesome, man. man. I love that tune. But I, honestly, balls. I think that's awesome. That just like one night you're just like, all right, let's go do it. That's yeah, one of, that's, that's one of our best songs, John. We get requests. For <laughs> we that. play it quite a lot. Listen, live. Dude, I, I love hearing it, and <laughs> yeah. as much as you guys have played it, I've probably listened to it more. 
That's because I, you know, I got it out. I got it, you know, on my computer, on my phone, on my fl- on about four flash drives. <laughs> I'm glad I and, could do that for you. And, man. and there, there isn't one of my shows that I don't have it playing in some way, shape, uh, or form. John yeah. actually, he has a boombox that follows him around the house and just plays <laughs> <it> all <laughs> the music. Oh my! And God. actually, I got to tell you guys something funny because you know my daughter, you know, if you, you know, you seen a picture, she's she's six years old. She actually loves the song. So she goes. Oh she, she goes around, and she she doesn't even know all the words. The one part where you're like hosted by a guy called John Pielli. She she doesn't, she doesn't really know what he says. She's like, nah, 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 does John she at P. least yeah. know that the show is hosted by a guy called John Pielli? Okay, no, no, good. She, well, she, That's all that matters. She knows that 100. percent but, but when she's singing it, she's like, nah, 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 John, John Pielli. Yeah. <laughs> and I got to do say that you know if he's listening today, Bill Zeltman, who is you know the head of MTR, I was at his barbecue a couple weeks ago. Oh, and yeah. you know, obviously everybody everybody had a you know couple drinks in them, but you know he's actually walking around his patio of his house singing a friggin' song. <laughs> oh, that sounds yeah. like me, man. He's like, That's something I'd do. Right there. Joel, Joel has that like by men in quality. That by men, <laughs> like what, like from a stanza. He'll, yeah. he'll like he'll he'll give you a little a little you know something to stick in your head, and then Whoa, like a I week later know. you're like, what is that? What is that? Oh, it's that song that that Joel is writing. Oh, it's, yeah, yeah. It's always, he always does that. Just, just, give, just give it a little time. It'll, it'll stay in there. <sighs> no, so we take pride in our work at Boy Meets Machine. Yeah, dude, you guys are freaking taking off, man. Now, honestly, dude, I, I want, I, I want to, I want you guys to become like as famous as I'm gonna become. That's 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 honestly right on board, baby. Right on board. Let's do this. With, I know with you whatever you guys famous, do. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's 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 happening. You know, the bottom line is, oh, and, yeah. you know. I'm going to be as famous as Hulk Hogan. Oh, yeah. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> I'd add that career trajectory, too. It's going to be sweet. It's going to go really up and then really, really down. And then go up a little bit and then go down. And then finally, That's a good reason like, never to have time. children right there. <laughs> and, it'll, and it'll go up one more time when he's appearing on the Wendy Williams show. Woo! Oh, my God. Oh. Why does she have a show? I it's all right. Can... Honestly, I hear way too much of that show, honestly, because oh. I have a wife. Oh. And it's yeah, honestly that, she, that that show I just can't stand to even see it. She's Better like a Ricky pair of Lake, breasts man. with a mouth. I mean, honestly, and I don't want to get too much off topic, but no, how, I do. how could you watch that show and not just stare at her tits all day? I did. Dude, why I, would you not? That's the whole point. I mean, I mean it's That's like why it's popular. Why are those tits talking? Oh, oh, they're. Oh, they're, I mean, they're it's they're almost like they, they move to like the sequence of her voice and stuff. Uh, <laughs> nice. Dude, that's like that. You know, like when girls are walking away and they have like that one cheek raising up yeah, yeah, with yeah. each. Oh, sorry. That's, that's pretty much Same how thing. she speaks to you. That's, oh, it's beautiful. Like I honestly don't even know what her face looks like. Neither does she. I was gonna say that's for the best. <laughs> Is she attractive? I don't. I don't even know. I've never even looked at her face. In the I next see- segment of JohnPielli.com. That's <laughs> like Waterworld. I've seen it. It exists. As we digress, man. We're going to have to Hey, listen. The, the All-Star game. Any of you guys catch the All-Star game or any yeah, part of it? Like, you know, it's It's, it's kind of hard to watch. It gets, you know, they put the home field advantage in there. Being like, a, you know, being a big deal to, you know, to the game and the determination of the game. Do you really think any of the players care about that? Uh, Honestly, you're watching the players out there. Like, you know, a Derek Jeter goes in there just to get his two at-bats to kind of smile for the camera and just, you know, yeah. take the rest of the day off. Let me tell you, I, I was really, I was really peeved about the, the Ari Dickey thing. Like, they, uh, I understand Larusa wants to win the game, but come on, man, it's, okay. it's an all-star game. Like, give me a break. It, it, honestly, it did, it didn't matter who who started the game, and that's why, that's that's why, that's why, you know, I agree with you that Dickey should have started. He the should. starting pitcher of the game. He deserved you, it. Now, can any yeah. of you guys name one of the starting pitchers in last year's All-Star game? No, no, no. So that that's why it doesn't matter. 
It just, I, I mean, it, it's. It, I bet it, John Pielli can. It, <laughs> Uh, of course I can. <laughs> but, <laughs> I'm, saying, you can oh, relievers. I, I, I'm the baseball nerd, I and I, I should know stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, they, they just—they just—I don't know. I feel like he, he was it should. Verlander last year. No, it wasn't. Oh, okay. Uh, it was actually David Price. Oh, it's Price, right? Okay. Yeah. Look, Look I gotta guy. say, some. Um, I was I was so perturbed by the home run derby. Just the the treatment of Cano. I know he didn't pick Billy Butler, but that was just <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. Well, you know, what's, you know what's funny? If that you look back at that, one thing that I actually enjoyed, and and I and I, I, I grabbed a new, you know, found passion for the Kansas City Royals fans. Because it's not that they felt a certain way. They were consistent <laughs> with it the entire time, from the second a home run derby started to the last out in the game. Did you guys? Did you guys see the ovation that Billy Butler got just for coming in the on deck circle? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, they they, they gave him they a standing ovation fans. for like friggin' ten minutes just when he was standing there taking practice swings. Hey, I remember when oh uh, when uh, Prince Fielder left off Justin Upton last year. I think he got this. He got booed, but to the extent that Cano well, was getting, come on. You know what? And I, honestly, you know, personally, I don't see why well, what Billy Butler would. You know, due to be deserved to be, That's what uh, you know, I'm in the home he's, run derby. He's got no, I mean, if you look at, you know, you who's look. Who's Billy Butler <laughs> compared to the guys that he and, and let's be honest, I, I don't think he's a bad player. He's a great I mean, player. He, he's good for, you know, 25 homers, maybe 100 RBIs. So that's, you know, that, that's a middle of the order presence. But, you know, he's not, you know, Prince Fielder. He's not, that's you know, Robinson Cano. You know, those guys, guys, guys like can... that are going to hit 40 home runs every season. Plus, they put on a show with the home run derby. Yeah. Except for Cano. I mean, a guy, you know, like, you know, a guy like Josh Hamilton, you know, he could. You know, he could put on a show anytime. I mean, those are the guys that you want to see in a home run derby. The guys with, you know, almost <laughs> almost to a point where they don't look like they're hitting with a regular why bat. Why was Matt Kemp there? What was that? Yeah, that was, that kind, was, of, ridiculous. That was kind of stupid. The guy, first of all. Why well, was La Russa there? <laughs> <laughs> well, Does anybody you know? know? Well, let, let, me, let me hit up on one of them at a time. All right. You know, we'll start off with Kemp, who I, who, listen, I don't think had any right to even be there. No the guy way. hadn't played in two Not months. Not a shot. And, you know, he was, yes, he was selected captain of the, you know, for, for whatever reason. I have no idea how that's determined. Is he well enough to even hit in that? Well, he's Honestly. been he's been playing for about, for about I think it was about two, three weeks. So he's actually been rehabbing. If I'm not mistaken, he should be in the lineup sometime this weekend. So he's returning. It's not like he's going to sit out another month. But, uh, you know, I think part of the uh, the precursors of, you know, electing somebody captain of the, you know, of the friggin' home run derby is to actually be well enough to play. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean that would be the first thing. Listen, if you're if you're on the disabled list, if you haven't played for your team for two months, you know what? Is, why why are you why are you gonna go go hit on a home run derby? And, and, I, and I think listen, I don't wish any harm on anybody, but wouldn't it be the craziest thing if the guy like actually like pulled a muscle trying to swing the bat or something? It just doesn't make any you know, or, sense. Or he goes, you know, and, and all these players with the oblique injuries and the hamstring and stuff. Let's say he takes like a couple steps and he blows. Doing a home run derby. Doing a home run derby when he hasn't Come played on. for the team in two months, and then he's got to miss the rest of the season too. John, I got to ask you too. What do you what do you think about um, uh, the whole voting system? I, I think they need to retool that because because I mean not that, I mean it's just an all star game, but like when when San Francisco has like their whole team playing the field, it was a little ridiculous. Well, I will say before I say that it was the San Francisco Giants that actually won the all star game. You know, with the sound of balls, yes. basically clearing double the, uh, true. you know, the the uh, Cabrera home run, you know, Kane throwing the first two scoreless innings. But that being said, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a disaster. I mean, it, it's not set up to where you have number one, you don't have the best players playing. And actually, I wouldn't mind if the best players were playing, even if they weren't performing at their best. I'm I'm the kind yeah, of guy I'm the kind of guy that says, listen, I don't want eight guys or nine guys starting that are all having the best seasons. You know, because I don't, I don't think that's right either because the, the fans go to see the best players. 
you know, just because some guy is having a career year one year and next year isn't going to be playing in baseball doesn't mean he should be starting any All-Star game. So I, I don't think it should be like a, a straight-up numbers thing where, you know, the, the, the players that compile the best numbers are all in the lineup. Oh, that's interesting. But I do, you know, I do think the best players should be in the game. You know, the Canoes, you know, the pool horses, the Prince Fielders, guys like, guys like that. I have no problem with them starting every All-Star game. But what happens if one of them's having a bad year and somebody else is having a better Depen- it depends on the player, honestly. Like, like, like I'll, I'll make a, you know, I'll make a comparison if I could think, you know, of a couple years back of certain players that have just, you know, let's say have had big first halves just to make an All Star game. You know, let's say a guy like, you know, Omar Infante of the Marlins, you know, hits, you know, whatever, 12, 13 home runs in the season and gets elected to start. By the end of the season, it, you know, doesn't have a job. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think that that's worthy of an All Star appearance. I, I do think to a certain point. That you know, the All Star should be somewhat of a cumulative thing, somewhat of, of of something that's happened for a while. Let's say you got a guy like Mike Trout who's bursting on the scene as a rookie. If he's elected to the All Star game in his first year, all right, this could be the start of you know 15 All Star appearances. But you know, the guy that's been in the majors for seven years and hasn't done squat, you know, all of a sudden has a big first half. I don't think that guy should start over somebody that has done it for a while. You think Mike Trout hangs out with Tim Salmon? Dude, I I was like, that that fish joke's never late. Here it comes. Are we going to ask ask which one smells worse? Mike Salmon. And also, come on, man. La Russa is basically, he's retired and he's a fossil, and there's no reason for him to be in the office. Now, honestly, like, that's neither here nor there with me. I, I I could care less. Yeah, the, the other the other side of it is that somebody does have to manage the team I for the National League. Are you are you going to put in you know Mike Matheny who pro- prior to the season has never managed in a major league game? I mean I don't I don't, don't, don't want to see him as the manager either. And and you know a lot of a lot of the other port, the other sports like NBA and NHL and stuff actually elect the coaches of the teams that are doing the best in the first half. So if, yeah. if that happened in baseball, then you would never have that problem again. I would rather have that. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, I mean, a team like let's say you know, you know, whatever. The Yankees have the best record. The Rangers have the best record. Obviously, Ron Washington was the manager anyway. But you know, you know, in the National League, you know, you got you know, you got whatever teams lead. I think it's the Dodgers by a game or something with the best record in the National League. You know, would it, you know, Don Manningly would be the manager. Nobody, nobody would object to who's managing the no, game. No, because it doesn't yeah. make sense. If you're going to pick players based on their performance, you should yeah. pick managers based on their performance exactly. as well. Exactly. Now, That's listen. Now, I mean, Tony Larusa, obviously, his, his last performance was great. Yeah. His <laughs> I mean, last performance. <laughs> the last time he was out there, he was winning World Series. Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like you're, you're not getting the like you're rewarding the players for playing well, and and you're not rewarding any of the managers. It's like, oh, you did great, no, but no, no. Eh, and you know what? Yeah. You know what he does? And actually, Larusa goes back. He brings back Dave Duncan, who was his pitching coach last year, who also isn't in the game anymore. Right. <laughs> and then you know he gets to select you know his managers. I didn't have a problem with either uh, Collins or Renicky being his coaches, but. You know, I, I, just, I just I think it's kind of funny. I mean, you look at a guy that you know you know hasn't hasn't managed since the end of last year. You know, pretty much the day after the season ended, he's like, "Yeah, I'm retired. I'm done. That's it." <laughs> and you know, he's out on the field. He's actually selecting the roster it's, for the I'm, National it's League. Just wild man. Yeah. And 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 listen, I mean, I actually do want to segue into this one point. The Miami Marlins, yes, didn't have a representative on the All Star team this year. No. And I honestly couldn't do be you any have happier. Have a problem with that, though? I mean, I, no, I don't. But I, but the, the kind of person I am, I'm either like 100% into something, one way or the other. I don't like half-assing stuff. I don't like stuff that you know. It's like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna do it a certain way. But if this happens, then there's your loophole. I mean, the the league for years has said that there's gonna be a representative from each team on the All-Star team. Now, if you're gonna do it, do it. 
If not, get away, get away from it. Don't do it. Select the best players that belong there. If your team sucks and you don't have a good enough all st- uh, player to be an all-star, then you shouldn't have an all-star. I agree. Now, if, if that's yeah. the way you're going to go, do it all the time and be consistent with it. You know, why, why just say, all right, well, you know, if Giancarlo Stanton's selected to the all-star team and he gets hurt at the last minute, you know, it's up to the manager to select the replacement. If he doesn't select the re- replacement as a Marlin, then they don't have representation. I, I, just, I just don't like the fact that it's half-assed there. I mean, you're going to do something that I disagree with, which is having a representative on each team. I mean, there's been some terrible teams. You look at the 2003 Tigers who lost 119 games. Do you think they deserved an all-star? They had, no. they, they, they had a, a pitcher lose 21 games. You want to just put him on the all-star team? I mean, it, it's kind of a joke. I mean, if you're going to go and reward every team, no matter how, how terrible they are, with an all-star, then you're going to create a loophole that, you know, yeah, if your guy gets hurt right before the end, we're not going to replace him with a guy from your team. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't get it. You're either one way or the other. Either get rid of the fact that every team needs a representation or just, you know, keep, keep doing it, but make sure that, you know, if that player is replaced, replace them with a guy from your team. Yeah, I mean, I mean they, can, they, they don't even have to have like 100. I mean, they can put like 80% of the, of the teams have to be represented or some, something like that. And, and what, they, to, what know, they've done I mean, over the last like 10, 20 years is they keep adding players every year. Yeah. The rosters are like, you know, there was something like 15 pitchers for the National League on, a, on the All-Star team this year. <laughs> I mean, all, all they're going to do is just create more spots. So you might yeah. as well just add somebody that's on the team. The pitchers are going to come out. They're going to get they're, they're going to get like three pitches, and then the next pitcher comes out. They're just going to keep <laughs> well, that's rotating what they were doing. pitchers. I actually, you know, in the nerd I am, I was actually, you know, watching the eighth and ninth inning of the game, and that's what happened. You know, the guy, you know, LaRusso would come out, and he's known for making pitching changes. That's, you know, that's the thing God. that he did the best. And he actually got to a point where he was tired of making pitching changes. He sent the other coaches out there. He sent Terry Collins to make a pitching change. And then the next batter, he sends Ron Renicky out to make a pitching change. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like it was three, diff- three pitching changes for three batters with three different managers. Oh <laughs> that's amazing. So, you know, and and that's, you know, that's the way Tony LaRusso ran. I mean, if you watch – if you've watched the postseason at all last year, I mean, he, he's the guy, the only guy in playoff history to make a pitching change, bring in a pitcher to intentionally walk somebody, and then take that pitcher out and replace him. What? <laughs> That's absolutely oh wild. That, that, was, that was the wildest thing that I ever heard. And, and any, Why any, would he do that? Any of you who ha- hasn't heard the story in the World Series last year, there was miscommunication between uh, the pitching coach and the manager oh, and I the bullpen. This. Okay, yeah, yeah. And what yeah. happened is they, he wanted to get a lefty up. That was uh, Mark Richemski, the left-hander. And, you know, he called to get him up, and then, you know, they, they miscommunicated, and Lance Lynn ends up starting to throw in the bullpen. So Tony LaRusso goes out of the dugout to make the pitching change. He calls for the guy in the bullpen, thinking it's Refsinski, and Lance Lynn comes jogging in. And there's nothing he could do about it because he already signaled, the, you know, to the bullpen. There was nobody else throwing up, so, th- throwing, so the guys had to come in the game. Wow. <laughs> so he brings the guy out. Right, he's like, all right, well, what am I going to do here? I remember that. He, he gives him the ball. He's like, all right, listen, intentionally walk this guy, and then I'm taking you out. <laughs> so he goes in to throw four, four balls on purpose, and then he comes out and he replaces them with the other guy. That's ridiculous. <laughs> that wow. is ridiculous. It's pretty insane. Yeah, Larus is pretty intelligent, though. You know he's, uh, he's fluent oh. in Spanish. He's, no, and, he's and crazy, this, honestly, the guy, that, is that re- the really guy revolutionized the game. <laughs> I really got to say, the guy is a manager. He, he, he is one of the best of all time. He's very smart. What he did, and honestly, I don't agree with everything he's done with the bullpens in a way, you know, they got special, specialty relievers and stuff now. Mm-hmm. But that could all be attributed to him. And one, you know, one thing that I do give him credit for, I mean, he honestly revolutionized the, the use of the bullpen. He made it. He made it. You know, pretty much from the way you went in the '50s and '60s, where your starter would give you all they got, whether it's seven, eight, nine innings, regardless, every time out. 
to you know a spot where all right you're going to use your closer yeah you're going to use him for one inning and there's a guy that comes in before him and there's two guys that come in before that so because of that you know that that's you know that that could be attributed to Tony Larusa and and listen you can't fault the fact that the guy won I mean a guy won three World Series he, he was in five of them I mean he was in the playoffs you know countless amount of times so you know there's no question he's going to be a Hall of Fame manager he did some quirky things along the way yeah but listen I mean you can't really fault what the guy's done. I, I, I kind of like the way that um, they were doing it in Texas, where they um, they started no bringing back the pitchers, let, letting them uh, <laughs> let, letting them pitch a little bit more, and and not really uh, you know babying them so much. Yeah, well, that's Nolan like Ryan. That. I mean, yeah. the first thing he did when he went over there, he he ended up he told the the organization and the stadium, said, "Listen, our pitch counts that are up on the scoreboard, take them down." I don't want any pitcher to see how many pitches they've thrown. Don't keep track of how many pitches they've thrown. Just let them go out there as long as they need to. And it, you look at, I mean, because of that, a guy like C.J. Wilson, he could probably, he, he probably owes Nolan Ryan about half of his contract. Yeah. Because without, without that, you know, C.J. Wilson would have still been a, you know, lefty reliever coming out of the bullpen. True. He happened to become a starter at that time when they weren't babying him. They didn't do the job of rules with him. Oh my he God. went from being, Ugh. he went from what? being the team's closer pitching one inning to all of a sudden being a guy that's just going to keep throwing until his arm falls off and what what do they do with Jabba by the way do, <laughs> where is is he is he even on the team anymore he's, he's actually he's coming rehabbing. back pretty soon yeah he'll be back and actually the Yankees bullpen is going to get insane because they're going to add they're going to add Jabba they're eventually going to add David Ardsma who I thought was a great signing by Cashman to a minor league contract and before the end of the year mark my words Mariano Rivera will be pitching for the Yankees wow, this year wow no words that mark that, that will happen <laughs> I mean, he duly knows. And actually, Do you think so? No. And actually, if you look at the way his rehab has come, he, he's got he's gotten to a point where he is recovering real quickly from the ACL. And I think they've learned, to, you know, the doctors have learned a lot of things in the rehab process from the amount of players that have had this operation. That he and, and the fact that he just stands there and throws, he doesn't have to run. You know, maybe he won't be shagging fly balls in September. But you know, other, other than other Forever than that, <laughs> other than that, I mean, the guy reasonably could return to the mound. That's wild. And especially if the... Um, you heard yeah. it first at johnpiele.com. Oh, yeah! Oh, yeah! yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. So, actually, uh, yeah, we're, we're actually flying through this hour, dude. You got 10 minutes till the top of the hour. Ooh. So, um, really, uh, I was going through the All-Star game, not just this All-Star game, but one in one's past. Now, any, any of you guys really follow, like, the history of the All-Star game? Because... I think there's been a big difference in what happens now, like we touched on before, with just the players just kind of being there for show and getting their picture taken and smiling. You know, it used to really be a game. Wasn't there a point where there were actually two All-Star games in one year? It yeah, was... the first the first couple of years they actually That's did crazy, it. They did it a couple different times. But if if you go back and I and I've really I've I've really you know spent some time looking at this, you know, guys like Ted Williams. They cared. They cared more about playing in the All Star game than they did, you know, in a pennant race in September. Yeah, it meant that was something. that was a big deal. I mean, if you if you look, you know, through a video of 1941 when he hit, he hit that walk off home run in the in a game, that was like he just won the World Series for them. You could see the jubilation in it. It wasn't it wasn't like you know like if Prince Fielder hit one to win the game this year, you know, it would just be like all right, you jog around. Nobody would be there at home plate. You see guys in a dugout jumping up and down like it's the greatest thing that happened. Yeah. You know, Stan Musial did the same thing in 1955. And, dude, the, the, the duckout was like, yeah, we, we won this. The game wasn't worth anything. Now now home field advantage is decided by who wins this and game. And nobody cares. And nobody cares. But back then, the, guy, the guys cared about it more than anything because they were they were amongst their it's peers. Pride. They were playing amongst the best players in the game. Yeah, it's just and, and, the sport, and they, they wanted And they, number one, loved the game. Number two, I think, wanted to show that they are the best in the game. 
amongst the best. They want to stand out. You know, a guy like Ted Williams hits a you know walk off homer. You know, he, he's looking at Joe DiMaggio saying, "Listen, uh, you didn't do that. I did that." You know, a guy like Sam Musial, has got you know guys like Hank Aaron and Willie Mays there. He's like, "Listen, dude, I'm I'm getting older now, but listen, I just won the game. You could have done it, but you didn't do it." I just don't know if that would ever fly today. I don't think these people no, they don't care. Paid ridiculous let's, let's amounts be honest. of money. I mean, I, I haven't seen I haven't seen a starter in an All Star game really stay in there more than like six innings. Well, how about Melky Cabrera what, rounding second yeah, trying, he's, to, trying he, to bump yeah, Cano? Like, come on, yeah. man. And, and you know what? It, it actually teams. it actually wasn't any animosity because believe no, it or, believe no, it or no. not, Cano and they're Cabrera best are friends, like, but they're you, like best friends. You really. can't you can't you can't give someone <laughs> but, but, a pound but, uh, on the other but team. But that was that was <laughs> yeah, and that was that was the sign of just the game not meaning anything. Come on, yeah, you know, he's jogging well, around. Cano, didn't, Cano was back off of it. Yeah, well, I mean, he's he's got that you know true Yankee drilled in his head, so he's not going to do anything stupid like honestly. I think Cano would have taken more slack if he had actually pounded him back. Absolutely. You know, than, than you know Cabrera, he just looks. He just looks like, hey, hey, you know, you know George Steinbrenner in his grave is saying, hey, you know, this is why this guy isn't on the Yankees anymore. You You're know, right. it's like he's like that's not a true Yankee. You're right. You know, if George was there, he probably would have ripped him to the media. You know, and, and you know Cano being a Yankee now, he obviously knows better than doing that. He says, listen, I would never hear the end of it if I if I didn't make this sound serious. It is, dude. You can't do that. And so there's there's like there's like a little bit of a point from like here to there where like the game is kind of a joke and it is kind of not a joke because somebody just doesn't want to go over the board and make it a make it a whole charade. Well, the whole home field advantage <laughs> thing, that's the biggest uh, it is. farce because, because the game none of these the, guys care. Yeah, and, absolutely. And you're having something that's huge. And and, and as I've followed yeah. a game, you know, for for the last several years when the game when the players thought the game mattered, the game didn't mean anything. Right. <laughs> and now the games actually paradox. matter for something. The guys don't even care. I mean, you, you got guys every year, and I'm surprised it didn't happen this year. You got you got players that are just voluntarily saying, yeah, I don't want to play. And actually, I thought Major League Baseball probably did something behind the scenes to make sure that players don't last do that. Last year, yeah. I mean, Jeter I mean, last, last year was a joke. That honestly. was ridiculous. And he wasn't the only one, so I'm not going to single out Derek Jeter. But, you know, he obviously is I a symbol. Was, he I is mean, a symbol for what happened last BS, year. That was BS, man. So many players off the last couple of years just bang out at the last minute. Yeah, you know what? I'd rather just uh, sit home and, you know, get some oral for my wife. And is she watching Wendy Williams while yeah. that happens? Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> but, but anyway, you know, pl- players that would rather do anything than be there are just trying to come up with reasons at the last second to, you know, just not participate in the game. And it's, you know, now uh, it really looks like Major League Baseball did anything about it because there was nobody that, you know, banged out at the last minute on you. I mean, any player that didn't play was legitimately hurt. You know, CC Sabathia was injured and couldn't play, but he was still there. Yeah. I, I, I was going to say, if um, just – I have a feeling something's going to happen if one of these teams, like, like say the Yankees win, like, you know, an obscene amount of games, and and the National League wins the wins the like the, a wild card winner gets in the World Series. Yeah, you're yeah no, like no, that. I'm saying like like say that say the Yankees win like a, a ton of games, oh, and right. the National League wins the um um uh, the All Star game. They're they're gonna somebody's gonna end up saying something like you know that game was decided and well, the Yankees have to like that's the, why it should you know, be based on who's got the best record. Yeah, why it should be every other every other that? sports that way for the exception does, of the Super Bowl, which is held in a neutral site. But yeah, you know, in basketball and in hockey, the team with the best record has the home field. Advantage. 
advantage. Right. And that's you know true in baseball until the World Series when it's essentially a flip of the it's coin. It's just the stupidest thing. And, and if you notice the history of the game, I mean, it goes in cycles. You know, there's years that the National League wins like every year. National and then League the Ameri- never won. And then the Amer- American League wins for so many years in a row. The American it, League dominated. Yeah, and, and now all of a sudden the National League's won the last, last three. three. So it kind of yeah. goes back and forth if you follow the history. I mean, yeah. there's been – times where both leagues have just dominated for a while through the 90s now, now the it's American- funny if a team like the Mets you know for instance you know somehow catch fire end up in the World Series against let's say the Yankees who win you know 120 games they- <laughs> then the Mets have the home field yeah, advantage yeah, that's what I'm saying. like well, how is that fair it doesn't make it really sense. isn't I mean if you look at a team like you know let's say and it actually happened last year and, you know, anybody remember how many games the St. Louis Cardinals won last year they won not, eight, not many. they won 83 80, yeah they barely got in because of the collapse of the Atlanta Braves and they end up, you know, catching fire at the right time. They go up there. They they go through the playoffs. They get to the World Series against the Texas Ranger team, who's a juggernaut. And the Cardinals got the home field advantage. Yep. Yeah. That's. I mean, you know, I don't think that makes any sense nope, at all. Doesn't. Yeah. I mean, Stupid. I, I mean, they might as well just go out there beforehand, like they do, you know, in a you know in a football game. They flip the coin to see who gets the ball first. Hey, flip the coin to see who gets home field advantage. Yeah. I mean, I, honestly, I don't know what other better way to do it. I mean, obviously, the most logical way is to. You know, reward the team with the best record. That's that's what it should and, be. I mean, that's really the only thing that makes sense. I can't come up with any more reasons or any more, you know, trials to to try to determine who should have home field in the World Series. Uh, can't they do something else for the All Star Game, like just throw them a pizza party or something? Like, hey, you guys won. It's great. You know, let's. Uh, you, you, you know, know what? I actually heard a couple sportscasters saying that they want to start a baseball skills competition at the All Star Game. Like, who's going to be? Well, more? I, I, listen, that's the most ridiculous. I, to thing be I've honest, ever heard. I mean, if you follow the home run derby, and I think. I think some lukewarm baseball fans, mostly diehards, are really the only ones that actually watch the whole entire home run derby. I mean, really, really, you know, the the casual fan may just tune in for a couple minutes or so. So what's happened to that over the last like 20 years? It's kind of gone down the tubes. It's I mean, too you, you long. got you got the same guy broadcasting it, Chris Berman, who right. you know you watch you you watch him get older every year. Yeah, he's and, and then his calls are even older than that. I mean. You know how many times you got to hear this guy say back, 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 and you've watched you've watched it. You've watched it go from back, 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 back to back, back as he's trying to like you know make sure his throat's okay so he can say the word. I mean, listen, the guy, the guy is you know the guy's whole you know whole whatever you want to call it, dude, is friggin' shot. It's done. I mean, it's it's overplayed. Nobody wants to hear it. Honestly, I watched the I watched the home run derby without the sound because I didn't want to hear him. I think yeah. it could definitely be done in a shorter amount of time. It, it, yeah, it I mean, geez, it on, does go dude. on forever. Oh, my God. Speaking I, I mean, I knew just enough that, you know, Prince Fielder won because I fell asleep, and it just kind of appeared in my head <laughs> of, of, you know, somebody interviewing Prince Fielder at the end. I was like, oh, I guess Prince Fielder won. I, I got to say, speaking of Chris Berman, just because I know he's on the same thing, Stuart Scott, does he annoy anybody but me? I can't stand him. Yeah, he's. He, he just, he's listen, I, I actually thought he was the... really good when he first came out, but oh, you know, just like a lot of the, just like a lot of things, as the time goes by, their their game and what they do gets a little older and older. <laughs> I think that means it's time for a Boy Meets Machine song. <laughs> hey, listen, I'll tell you, anytime you guys want to pop it on, but we'll set something up for the second hour, definitely. Okay. Another two minutes we got. Um, is there any is there any all star game that stands out to either one of you guys as far as being one that either you watched or you saw highlights of that you thought was you know what was I was great s- I, I don't know if one specifically but I'll tell you one thing the mid nineties probably around ninety four ninety four yeah ninety four ninety four yeah. is probably one of my favorite ones I think that 
who was in that? Like Frank Thomas, Jack Morris, all those guys. Yeah, those that was a real all star. And thing. actually, I think it was ninety. I think it was ninety four. The one that actually ended with uh, Moises Alou's hit. Where yeah, Tony, that, Tony Gwynn scored okay, the winning right. run. That and was, actually, I, I, I had marked that down as one of the better games that maybe one of the best that I've seen in person. But I thought that was a good representation of who the best players in the game were. You know, those are real legitimate baseball players like they were good yeah Everybody no, no was question good. about it i mean you, you had good players and you know this game that i told you about in 1955 with when stan musual won guys that were on the bench for the national league listen to this you know musual was not a starter he was on the he came off the bench hank aaron was on the bench willie mays was on the bench imagine those three guys not starting That's in an all-star insane. game you know roy campanella was elected as a starter he didn't play because he was injured but just the amount of Hall of Famers that were in games like that, it's kind of I, – I mean, I don't know. As a baseball nerd in me, you know, actually enjoys looking back to see, like, wow, all those players played on the field at the – always looking back to see, like, wow, all those players played on the field at the same time. You know, you go back to 1934 where Carl Hubble, you know, threw – you know, he struck out those five Hall of Famers in a row. You know, he goes in, he, strike, he strikes out Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, Jimmy Fox – Al Simmons and Joe Cronin. That's insane. Yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, to, to, to go up against five, five guys that all become Hall of Famers and strike them all out in a row is just something that's you know unfathomable. All right, we're gonna come back in a little bit. Passball Show, MTR Radio Network. We are going to break for about five minutes. Unbox. WDTV. Watch Channel U. John, if you want. Uh...
WDTV. Past Ball Show. Brought to you by JohnPLE.com. What the f you think is my opinion of it? I think it was f put that in. I don't So the tribe drops its third straight on this trip, six to one to the ring. For the Indians, one run on, let's see, one hit. That's all we got. One goddamn hit. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. Talk about the past, talk about the history, I'm talking about what's great about this game of baseball. There's so much stuff that we talk about. I would say I would know, but I would say the reason why they want to pass is baseball going into the highest baseball sport that has gone into baseball and from the baseball angle. I'm not going to speak of any other sport. Let me start by telling you this. I have never used steroids, period. Jerry, just remember. It's not a lie that you believe. Joe Carter with a three-run homer. The winners and still world champions, the Toronto Blue Jays. And this team sucks. Well, Randy is out. Well, he's out. Yes, Randy is out. Look, look at this. Randy is out. And uh, David Mack. I'm not here to argue about other sports. I'm in the baseball business. This can run cleaner than any baseball business ever put out in the hundred years at the present time. Sell the team. Oh, yeah. Welcome Pass to mtrradio.com. You can listen MTR to our live... mtrradio.com. Sorry about that little bit of feedback there. That was terrible. But we're back for hour two of the radio program. I got Boy Meets Machine in, and actually we're being blessed with a caller here. So we might have to put the little acoustic performance on hold as we welcome in our caller. Is this Mike Mentz here? This is Mike Mintz. How you doing, bro? Boy. 